When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounders podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined by our nemesis from Bavarian Football Works, Jake. Jake, how are we doing today? I don't know if I would describe it as a nemesis. I would I would describe this as a a friendly relationship between two teams that have a history of close uh, competition, but hate the exact same team more than anything else. So we're, we're, we're not so different, you and I. That's fair. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing in terms of our relationship is you and I didn't really start talking until it wasn't so uh, close anymore. So uh, I don't really have the fun history of being able to talk about what happened in the past, but um, you guys have a fun match this weekend. So before we get into the match between our two sides that determines the fate of Barcelona's Champions League season, uh, Dear Clash occurs this weekend. Uh, give me an idea of the mental state of Bayern Munich heading into this vital match. Fractured. Fractured is really the best word to describe it. Um, quick rundown of how Bayern has been looking at least in the last month or so. Uh, Robert Lewandowski, still scoring goals, still healthy, still pretty good. Uh, Thomas Müller, still reliable in central attacking midfield, the 10 spot, right? The wings have probably been the most stable as they have been for the last couple of years. Kingsley Coman has been putting in some okay performances, but he's really taken a backseat to Jamal Musiala, who has been really good on that left wing. And Leroy Sané has definitely improved this year as opposed to last year. And then Manuel Neuer, still a rocking goal. And beyond that, it is utterly destroyed because uh, I would say Davies has also been doing pretty well. Uh, and Luca Hernandez has also been doing pretty well. But beyond that, it is it is weird. It is a weird time to be a Bayern fan. Uh, we've got a defensive core that hasn't really seemed solidified. We brought in Dio Upamecano and sure, it takes a while for some people to adjust to a brand new setting and I don't blame them for that, but Upamecano seems to have been struggling more than most. We've switched from four to five to now three in the back because we are so unreliable at right back that Benjamin Pavar is pretty much been healthy and he's been a healthy scratch basically because he's unreliable at right back i just have Uh, to interrupt you for a second so i I wasn't really aware of the right back problems until i went on your site this morning and one of the posts in the last few days was about uh danny carvajal being a person of interest and i was like oh so that's where their right back situation is at right now (laughs) we we should have gotten dest we should have made a harder push for dest but i guess uh we still wanted to hold on to bavard but that is not that is not the most critical thing about Bayern right now. The most critical thing about Bayern right now is the current state 
of the midfield and the coronavirus and its various effects. Um, the best way that I can describe that situation is confusing to the point of almost being ironic. Uh, there are five players that have uh, reportedly, I will say reportedly, one is absolutely confirmed. Reportedly, there are five players who have not gotten the COVID vaccine yet. Mikael Cuisance, who hasn't really been that big of a factor this year. Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting, who really only serves to be a backup striker for Robert Lewandowski whenever he is injured. Jamal Musiala, which is pretty disappointing, in my opinion. Serge Gnabry, which is really disappointing. And then the most disappointing of all is Yozo. Here we go. Yeah, I was going to say. And I'll go, I'll <laughs> go in on this, right? Give me, give me 60 seconds, right? The man teamed up with Leon Goretzka in the middle of the pandemic, in the early stages of the pandemic, and started a charity in order to raise money for clubs and employees of clubs that were hit hard by the pandemic. He's worked with people. Days before, days before the report came out that said he wasn't vaccinated, he was in a children's hospital. The man has not been vaccinated, and he's still hasn't been vaccinated yet. He was forced into quarantine by the club because he got in contact with somebody and the club said to all five of the players that I just mentioned, hey, uh, it's, it's a personal choice for you to get the vaccine. We respect the right for you to go ahead and uh, make your personal choice, but you're also making a choice to the detriment of the team and the detriment of science. So anytime that you guys are sitting out, you will not be able to get your wages. And Kimmich was angry about this as much of them were, but it started to push them to get the vaccine reportedly. Is this, is like, this recent? This is, this is as of at least a week or two ago. Wow. Uh, okay. Musiala and Gnabry have reportedly started considering getting the vaccine and Hansi Flick got in the ear of Yozawa Kimmich and said, hey, you should really reconsider getting this vaccine. And then you know what? One magical day, the report comes out from Build, Yozawa Kimmich is going to get the vaccine. He changed his mind. Four hours later, another report comes out saying that Yozua Kimmich contracted coronavirus. So right now, going into Der Klassiker with uh, a doubtful Leon Goretzka for another reason, and Kimmich still in quarantine, our midfield is going to be shot. I doubt that Kimmich will be able to be match fit in time for Barcelona, and he's going to be out for Der Klassiker. So it's been selfish and frankly outrageous that somebody who Bayern fans who I personally considered the future captain of this team would make a decision for himself that benefits in his mind only himself and I guess we all have to be a little bit selfish at some points but it's been so long that Kimmich has played from the first quarantine to then another quarantine and now with actually having the virus this could have all been changed 
if he had just gotten the vaccine and if he had gotten coronavirus, then his symptoms probably would have been milder and he would have been able to return to the club probably a lot faster because we had seen with Julian Nagelsmann who contracted coronavirus, he had been vaccinated. His symptoms were relatively mild and he was able to come back within roughly a week or so. Kimmich, no clue when this man's timetable is back. I'll just put it this way. I ordered a Joshua Kimmich jersey about seven days before the report came out. I arri- It arrived within the last week or so. I have not really put it on because I'm embarrassed that that man's name is on the back of the jersey for now until his mind changes. Man. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh, Rant it- over. Sorry about that. <laughs> Answer me this question. Is Dortmund's title challenge this year real? Or is this just like every other year when I look around the halfway point, Dortmund's close and it's just going to kind of falter? Dortmund's title challenge is very real. Just like how last year Leipzig's challenge was very real up until the final days. I always say that there are definitely one or two teams that can go ahead and challenge Bayern. This year, it really only seems to be Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Leverkusen for a while were really dominant and they seem to have lost a bit of steam since then. But with, uh, with Dortmund, it's a little weird because they had a full head of steam. They had Erling Haaland and everything was good. And then Haaland got injured. Uh, sure. He just came off the bench and played 17 minutes and scored two goals against Wolfsburg. And that's fantastic. But before he did that, their scoring was pretty streaky. It was Torgan Hazard who scored a bunch of their goals for two games, and then he hasn't scored since. It was uh, Marco Reus who scored multiple goals for them, and then he hasn't scored since. It was Daniel Mullen who has scored the last two games for them, and therefore it makes sense that he won't score for a while now. But Holland for this game is only expected to play about 60 or so minutes, so... Uh, What I will say is if Dortmund's title run is going to end or if it is going to be judged at all, this is not the weekend to do it. The team is not fully healthy. The team is not fully, uh, you know, like on the same page mentally, but Bayern is in a similar situation. So I said on our podcast yesterday that this is really going to be a battle between the top two teams that are fielding teams that look like they're going to be seventh and eighth in the table. And it's going to be a weird Dare Classicer. I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring Dare Classicer. But then again, every time I've predicted it's been a low scoring Dare Classicer, it's been like four nil to Bayern. So who knows? What's the, uh, what's the fan situation looking like? Are they, is it still full capacity? So with this game, it's being played at the Westfalen Stadion, uh, the Signal Iduna Park, uh, Dortmund's home stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fully sold out building, at least for the capacity that the government of North Rhine-Westphalia, the state that Dortmund, the city of Dortmund is in, uh, 67,000 was the capacity that they had set. That's not full house. The Westfalen Stadion can sit about, I would say, between five and 10,000 more people in the stands. Uh, but that was the capacity that they had set. And then just yesterday morning, the government of North Rhine-Westphalia said that Dortmund was going to sell all the tickets back to the fans because the government was going to reestablish a a suitable capacity for fans to be at. And that's mostly because 
with the most recent variant of the coronavirus, uh, one of the first places that it got detected was in Germany. So there's still a lot of fear about that. Germany is very risk averse and has been pretty risk averse when it has come to the coronavirus situation. And they will continue to do so until this thing is eradicated. So I imagine that we could see peaks and valleys of things like uh, Geisterspiele or ghost games, games with empty stands, as the German word is for it, uh, being played throughout the year. And we're even seeing that now. Uh, the government of Saxony, which is in East Germany, which is the state that Leipzig plays in, they've been told that their next three home games, well, they've already played one, but their next two home games and their last home game were all supposed to be played with no people in the stands. So Wait, so, so they sold all continue. the tickets back for this weekend's match? So it's going to be, it's going to be a Dor ghost game? For Dortmund, uh, it's not going to be a ghost game, at least from what I understand. It's not going to be a ghost game. Yeah. Uh, all 67,000 people have been sold their tickets back, and then they are going to determine a new capacity. Okay. And then once that is met, then those amount of people can be able to try and buy tickets, and the 67,000 that had tickets can try their best and get into the game. Gotcha. Okay, so on to the matchup with Barcelona. Uh, did you guys hear we have a new manager? I did. And yeah. I think it was something that you and I had predicted on this exact podcast around the time that uh, that Barcelona and Bayern Munich had played in that uh, 2020 Champions League. And I had voiced concerns back then because I hated this trend that every club was going to go ahead and get a club manager, uh, regardless of level of being proven, and they were going to bring them in. I said on my podcast at least a couple of times i'm not exactly sure if we said it here but uh lampard was a bad decision and i was afraid at the time that oh like pirlo might be a bad decision for juventus and i was right about both of those so with barcelona i think it's a bit different right because xavi has been coaching for a little while now and you're always going to get that boost when a club legend comes back but with Xavi, I think it's going to stick for a while. He's a very smart man. He was a smart player when he was at Barcelona. You could just see it in the way that he commanded the midfield, and it's why he's one of the greatest midfielders to ever play the game. And I don't know exactly what his mentality is going to be coming into this, though I found an interesting parallel because – I imagine, as you guys have reported, when Xavi came in, he set all of these rules for the locker room. That was very similar to the rules that former Bayern Munich manager Nico Kovac set up when he came into the locker room for the first time. And what had happened after about two months of Nico Kovac being in charge was there were reports saying that he was going to start relaxing them because the team had been performing well relatively up until that point. And more importantly, the players seem to be competent and they've been meshed together for so long, keeping in mind, right? Like some of these Bayern players have been playing with each other for a majority of their professional careers. So they know each other, they work together and they're able to do that with Barcelona. I feel that the locker room is not as well put together in terms of there are players with a younger age there are players at different uh points in their career where like and i'll and i'll just put it this way right the locker room figures at Bayern are still in their relative prime 
Whereas the locker room in Barcelona with more established figures like Piquet and Sergio Busquets are towards the end of their playing career. So I don't know exactly how that dynamic is going to play out. Uh, it'll be fun to watch, I think, from any point of view. But I think that Xavi probably has a better chance to be the idea of the Zidane uh, management that all these other clubs have been trying to get. Uh, and I would like to see him succeed from, from a third party perspective. I would like to see him succeed and do well at Barcelona and, you know, only time will tell. Yeah. Um, so in the short term, right. Barcelona's uh, Barcelona's champions league hopes sort of rely on the matchup this weekend. Um, from a Byron perspective, uh, is there like, uh, Will Byron let off the gas at all? Is there some sort of like all Barcelona really need is like a thing or two to break their way, I feel like. But then the Ballon d'Or happened this week and uh, our old pal Tom Mueller uh, went to LinkedIn of all places to vents. And uh, it seems like they're coming for blood. And I don't know if this is like some sort of revenge thing, even though Messi's not even there anymore. Do you think Byron are going to throw throw the book at Barcelona or do you think it's going to be rest, rest some players up? This doesn't matter all that much. We have the first seed locked up or are they going to try to just, are they going to try to take Barcelona out, out of spite? I'm just going to ask before I keep going, are, are we, are we going to set this as the time that we talk about the Ballon d'Or or would you like me to just specifically talk about what I think for the game? Because I could, I could yeah, go we can, in we, either we, direction. We, we, we can go Ballon d'Or in a minute. Just like, okay. Th th there's not a ton of like tactical stuff to talk about this game. I really just kind of want the narrative. Like, do you think Byron are going to play some youngsters, give maybe Mr. Lewandowski a game off or something like that would be great. Uh, or like what sort of package do you think Byron are going to throw out there? I doubt that Bayern are going to let their foot off the gas because at the end of the day, yes, they have locked up first place. Yes, they have locked up the uh, the round of 16. But at the end of the day, uh, this isn't Bayern's MO. We've, saw, we've seen it in previous group stages that Bayern have qualified and they've won first in the group and they'll still field their best team for the last game, right? Uh, and I imagine that any quality side like Barcelona from years ago, they would do a similar thing. Uh, whether or not Nagelsmann would be able to, uh, you know, incorporate some younger players, we'll have to see. But right now, Bayern are in such a state of flux that I think they're going to use this game, not necessarily for revenge, as you put it, but more as another game against top opposition to see if things will work, to see if we can hammer down a That's formation. That's nice of you to call us top roster. opposition, by the way. I appreciate that. Relative top opposition. But, right, like you got Memphis Depay and Frankie de Jong, who might come to us in a couple of months, which I would appreciate. But it's it's all a matter of perspective right i i look at this and i still see that barcelona is the second best team in the group even though i made a joke about dinamo kiev finishing second in our first episode together but i think for barcelona's qualification hopes it's it lies more on that more than what byron is going to put out right i think it's a i think this is really out of barcelona's hands it just it it y'all gotta be the biggest dinamo kiev fans on 
on the weekday when this when this happens because I think it really comes down to less of whether or not Barcelona can beat Bayern and more of can Benfica like get less than a point and if that happens then Barcelona fans will be happy because who knows Kimmich could be back at that point Goretzka could be back at that point and then we're just playing with house money really and just looking at the looking at the the group um that both of these teams are in the standings and just like the the goals for uh in this stupid group is Byron have 19 mm-hmm. Barcelona have 2 Benfica have 5 and Dynamo have 1 the goal differential Byron is 16 Everyone else is at negative four below. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. Did you say that Barcelona have a have two goals for? That's what it's. I, I I don't really understand how this is correct, but that's. I mean, I'm looking at the. I've gone. To you've won games. There is you. You scored one against us, and you've won games. There is no that. No, that's correct. Uh, that doesn't this, sound. Right. We've scored one against Dynamo Kiev both times. Okay, no, the groups, yeah, and then in the first group stage match against Benfica was 3-0, and against Byron was 3-0. We've only scored two goals in the Champions League so far. <laughs> That's, you, you, wow. You can, yeah, you can fact check me here, but I literally went to the UEFA website wow. and on Google, and I'm looking at the state. I didn't realize it was that bad. I'm um, looking at it, I'm looking at it at Footmo. Wow. It's been that, a weird that group. Is, that is unreal. That is insane. Like, yeah <laughs> who's who's getting fired like i know i know somebody already got fired but who's getting fired i was like, gonna say i think he already did <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be honest that's embarrassing and I, yeah, I, it's I, horrible. I legitimately i legitimately feel bad for barcelona and for barcelona fans because y'all deserve better than this and the fact that you only got two goals is really well, disappointing and sad to see here's the thing i wouldn't be surprised and i i genuinely mean this i would not be like shocked if barcelona um got a draw against Bayern munich i i, I, w- I would be a little surprised if they somehow won i wouldn't be shocked if it was like some weird game where Bayern are coming off of their classic a win or a draw or something like that and it was maybe 2-2 or something like that um i would be pretty surprised if they won and so like you said we're gonna have to be big dynamo kiev fans this week <laughs> I'll say this though, in terms of a revenge game, you better hope that Byron wins at the weekend. Yeah. Because if Byron somehow, fi- right, it's been so long in, when I say legitimate games, I really mean any game but the DFL Super Cup, uh, that Byron has lost to Borussia Dortmund, right? Let alone the fact that Erling Haaland, for as dominant as he's been, right, for the six games against Bayern Munich that he's really played, with the exception, again, of Super Cups, he's only scored against Bayern once. So if, if Dortmund somehow find it in them to be the more cohesive team and beat Bayern Munich at the weekend, slaughter, slaughter at the weekday. Cause that's usually, that's usually how this works. Bayern gets angry because they lost and then they come out the next game and they just utterly batter teams that, that's been a trend that they've had for a while, right? So prime example, earlier this year, uh, they lost uh, 2-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt. Their next game was a, a 
the word in German is Spitzenspieler. So the top two teams in the group, it was Bayern versus Leverkusen and they beat them 5-1. And then earlier they lost 5-0 in the DFB Pokal to Borussia Mönchengladbach. The next game that they played was a league game against Union Berlin and they beat them 5-2. So the fact that uh, Dinamo Kiev held Bayern to a 2-1 win after they lost to Augsburg is a testament to them, I guess. But if Dortmund somehow beat Bayern Munich, right? My my ideal score or what I think the scoreline is going to be for Bayern Barca is going to be 2-1. If Dortmund beats Bayern, I'm calling it like 4-5 nil. And I think that that's a, a decent estimate because Bayern gets angry real easily when when they lose and they they know how to take it out on people. Um, before we get into the Ballon d'Or stuff, how excited are you for the uh, Bayern Munich behind the legend doc? I'm looking forward to it. I'm, re- I'm really looking did, forward did, to did it. Did you watch the first six minutes they released on YouTube? I saw the part about Kimmich throwing his jersey and I was like, oh, wow, that must have been a game where he like missed a pass or two because Bayern didn't do a lot of losing in that season. But I, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it because if it's anything like uh, the Tottenham all or nothing series, then it'll be, it'll be a joy to behold, especially because it'll just show everybody how, if you didn't know how funny and hilarious Thomas Muller was, you'll, you'll know by this documentary, how hilarious Thomas Muller is. Well, in, in the first six minutes, they literally show when Flick like announced to the team he was leaving. Yeah. And um, it was, uh, it's interesting. It's just going to be interesting to watch kind of the, Mm-hmm. the professionalism of Byron and stuff behind the scenes with also the kind of the funny. All right, let's just, let's just get it over with the Ballon d'Or stuff. Um, yep. My like TLDR of it is I thought, I thought Robert Lewandowski should have won. I don't um, like the Tony Cruz saying like Benzema should have won is kind of crazy to me. Um, I don't even was- believe that he said that. <laughs> I, I can't even believe that he said that with his mouth. Like, like, like I feel it, like if, that if, if they want to jump on, if they want to jump on like the Messi shouldn't have won train, that's fine. But it just seems weird just to like say Benzema should have won. It just invalidates your argument. Where did where did Benzema even finish in Ballon d'Or voting? I, I I don't even I don't even know. Like I and I heard that the source for this cross quote was weird and. I, I honestly doubt that he said it. If he said it, that man has been sipping the Burnabout Gatorade like nothing I have ever seen. Benzema before finished because... fourth. Okay, so behind behind Meme Lord Jorginho. So that kind of yes. that kind of makes sense. Uh, here's my rant, really, and this isn't going to be a rant. If you look at the stat lines and you look at the accolades between the two. There is no way that you can tell me that Robert Lewandowski was not the best player in the world last season. It's just simple as that. I love Lionel Messi. In my mind, Lionel Messi is the greatest soccer player of all time. Football player for everybody in Europe that's going to get angry at me. But he's my favorite player to watch. I've seen him do things that I will never see again in my life. That man with the ball at his feet is cosmic, right? But Last season was Robert Lewandowski's, right? He won four trophies last season. He broke a almost 50-year goal-scoring record set by the late Gerd Muller. 
that nobody thought was ever going to be replicated or beaten. And then he did it with seemingly the last kick of the season. And somehow they decided that Messi winning the Copa America was the most important thing that happened in soccer last year. And as much as I loved watching that moment, as much as it filled me with joy to see Argentina lift that cup, when you have somebody like Mario Kempes saying this still doesn't make Messi anything because he hasn't won a World Cup yet, that should kind of give you an insight into how winning a Copa America reflects on somebody who won four trophies and set a record in his league. But more than that, right? I don't know if anybody here watches college football, right? The college football playoff system moved. It used to be a computer system that determined the four best teams or the two best teams in the world or in, in America. And everybody was angry at that because it was like, how can computers spit out ridiculous things, right? Like, the championship one year was a team that was undefeated and a team that had lost to that undefeated team, right? It's, it's ridiculous, right? So they decided to move to a human-based committee. And every single year, that human-based committee has moved the goalposts on what can determine the four best teams in a year. And this, this award is the perfect example of that because the goalposts have been moved on the Ballon d'Or by everybody that votes on the Ballon d'Or so many times that it has become the most inconsistent and frankly laughable award that might ever be out there, right? I look at FIFA's the best award as a better indicator of, of what... Uh, what what is going to be the best player in the world i can't uh i cannot buy and i cannot approve of the decision that uh robert Lewandowski is not the best player in the world i've talked to many people who support many different teams a lot of people that hate Bayern munich right uh i think a majority of them have agreed with me in that he is uh he was the best player in the world this last season and I generally get the assumption that people uh, people agree with me, right? And one of our writers, uh, Phil Quinn, one of our editors said in a tweet, right? The goalposts keep changing. In 2013, Frank Ribery was nominated for the award and he didn't get it because basically the world decided that winning a treble in a season doesn't matter because it was still going to go to Messi or Ronaldo. In 2014, Manuel Neuer was the greatest goalkeeper in the world and stopped a ridiculous amount of shots, helped Bayern win another Champions League, or not a Champions League, another Bundesliga, and won the World Cup for Germany, right? Somehow winning a World Cup didn't matter. Lewandowski winning a treble and setting Europe alight in goals didn't matter in 2020 and France football decided to not give out an award. And this year with Lewandowski breaking records again and leading Europe in all of goals throughout the entirety of this season. And even into this season, he's still leading in Europe compared to a player who moved to Paris and has little to no impact on their game plays. If we, if we really want to talk farmers leagues, 
league uh is more of a farmer's league than the bundesliga i know that there will be some people that might challenge me on that but at least i don't think there would be many people who would challenge you on that i I imagine everybody would be like oh yeah well at least you know uh leo won it last year right like okay okay sure leo had a magical season last year you're gonna tell me that psg is not gonna win it again this year no i i can't rationalize it beyond name right and Messi is fantastic he was not the best player in the world this year yeah it it does suck for Messi because I think like Messi knew too like I mean even in his literal speech you saw in his face yeah like saw in his face the moment it announced that he knew that he didn't deserve it it was like when Adele won best album over uh Beyonce that one year yeah she went on stage and part of her speech was Beyonce's Lemonade was one of the best albums of the year and basically said that she deserved the award and then Messi said the pretty much the exact same thing in his acceptance speech when people do that right when somebody who should be at their happiest for winning an award take the time in their acceptance speech to say somebody else should also deserve this award you chose wrong you did not get your decision right you need to re-examine your priorities yeah um so to end this on a sour note for you, I hope, uh, where's Robert Lewandowski going to go this off season is please tell me it's not Real Madrid. Um, I saw the Chelsea rumor on your site, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, and the only other place I can think of is the, I mean, I, I, I literally don't know where he can go because Real Madrid are going to get Mbappe. They're going to still have Benzema. Chelsea yeah. has Lukaku. Where, yep. where, where does, where, where does Bob go? it's hard to determine because the situation that is making Lewandowski the most angry is the most level-headed decision for Bayern because it's no secret that Bayern has been wanting to go ahead and get Erling Haaland. And the source of frustration for Lewandowski is the team has not made a decision whether they want him or whether they want Erling Haaland. And so because of that, his agent, Pini Jahavi, has been trying to push for a contract. And the issue with Bayern is they can't afford both of them. So okay, so hang on. I thought Robert kind of made this decision. He wanted a new, a new challenge before Holland was even a thing. He had said that he wanted a new challenge within the next three years of his career. Okay. So Bayern could very easily offer him a one or a two-year contract and then allow him to go and do that but I think the issue with this is that Bayern wants to go and get Holland, but I don't know if Holland wants to stay in the Bundesliga necessarily I don't think he and does I if I were him I would leave I don't know if I would necessarily go to Man United which is really where he's been linked over the last couple of days well you know where Robert's gonna end up right it's PSG Probably that would probably be the most. Because Mbappe is going to leave, and they're going to have a striker position open, and then we're going to have to watch him rot away in that horrible PSG offense, and it sucks. The the thing is though, Bayern never deal from a position of weakness. They they hardly ever deal from a position of weakness. So in the summer, right? If Lewandowski leaves. 
they're going to go out and get the best striker that they possibly could afford. So say Lewandowski leaves for Chelsea, best believe that Bayern Munich is going to be throwing money at Chelsea to go and get Romelu Lukaku. Say he goes off to uh, PSG. Bayern could probably splash some money on somebody like Mauro Icardi. Uh, it's tough for Bayern because they don't want to deal. Like I said, they don't want to deal from that position of weakness, but they also don't know where to take it forward because they still think that they have an inside track to try and get Erling Holland. And if they do, I, I would say go for it. But if they don't, then you'd be fools to not try and lock Lewandowski up for at least next season, because this summer seems like, a seismic summer for strikers transferring and it might be best to just keep the hand that you have and let everybody else at the table uh go at it uh, but just to keep like to say we're not going to be in on the market we're going to keep our guy who again is the leading goal scorer in europe um I think that would be safe. I think that would be the safe move. And the question is just that whether or not Byron wants to be risky. And I don't know if they're going to do that. All right. 60 seconds or less. What's going to happen in our champions league group this week? Uh, honestly, again, it really all depends on their classic. If, if Bayern Munich lose to Borussia Dortmund, then Benfica is going in that second spot. If they beat Dortmund, then I'm fully expecting that Benfica will beat Kiev, which I believe that means that Barcelona have to win. Barcelona wins, then they're in. Um, if Kiev can somehow come out with a draw, then I could see Barcelona being in with a draw. Uh, but well, I don't know. Benfica have to win. If they come out with yeah. a draw, then Barcelona then, then they lose. Right. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if Barcelona is going to have enough in order to beat Bayern, even with, even with all of the struggles. Um, this is I, a much I don't more know. interesting matchup than our first matchup though. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So it, it's definitely going to be exciting. It's a good measuring stick, stick for Barcelona um, because Bayern are like you talked about kind of injury laden mm-hmm. and a little bit, not mentally fragile, but in like a mentally weird space for Bayern Munich to be in. Yeah. Um, and I'd even, I'd even say that this Barcelona team is better than the Barcelona team that first played. Yes. 100%. They, they seem more cohesive. Yep. Totally agreed. All right, Jake, everyone check out uh, Bavarian football works. Uh, great podcast, great sites. And Jake, uh, I hope we don't talk again soon because that would mean that uh, we're playing you guys in the champions league again. Actually, I do hope because that would mean we made it through. So Jake, I hope we get to chat again soon. It's been great talking to you as always. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Great talking to you. (laughs)